Thank you very much. You are listening to the Jazz Focus here on WETF, the Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be focusing on a particular band, and this was a big band that was led by the wonderful pianist Teddy Wilson. We'll talk about Teddy Wilson's life a little bit later. Uh, Wilson's most famous uh, association during the 1930s was, of course, with Benny Goodman. Before that, he played with uh, Louis Armstrong and Willie Bryant, a lot of different bands, but Goodman hired him to play in the Benny Goodman Trio, which was appearing with his big band, and that was a pretty big deal at the time to have an African-American musician touring and playing regularly on the same stage with a white band. Even though Wilson didn't play with the big band, uh, the fact that uh, it was a mixed group, the small group that was featured on uh, Benny Goodman broadcasts and things like that was a pretty big deal. And then when Lionel Hampton joined the group and made it uh, an evenly uh, divided group between black and white players with Gene Krupa and Benny Goodman uh, making the Benny Goodman Quartet, that was pretty uh, radical at the time as well. So Wilson stayed with Goodman uh, for several years during the 1930s, played with him at the Carnegie Hall concert, and while simultaneously uh, running a very successful series of recordings for the Brunswick label, many of which featured Billie Holiday, and uh, all of which featured great jazz musicians, both black and white, who were uh, playing uh, in New York or wherever the recordings were being made at the time. By 1939, um, Wilson had uh, decided it was time to go out on his own, or he had been convinced of that at any rate, and he put together a big band, and actually quite a nice big band uh, by standards of the day. This was uh, a group that started playing at the Golden Gate Ballroom in New York City. It didn't last for very long. That was their home for much of its existence, although it did tour uh, up to New England and in the eastern seaboard a little bit, down to Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. It never really uh, became very popular. And part of that was because, as Wilson mentioned later in life, he wasn't a showman. He uh, wasn't someone people looked at or, or you know, were attracted to uh, on stage. It was his playing that did his talking for him. And his musicianship and musicality uh, lent itself to uh, a really excellent band, um, an unusually... 
constituted band instrumentally, I guess you'd have to say, but the music that this band recorded both live and in the Brunswick studios was of a very high order. Some people considered it second only to Ellington in terms of its musicality and arrangements. So we started out with uh, two tunes that featured Teddy Wilson primarily. We started out with Liza, uh, the George Gershwin tune, which was actually a, a stride piano showpiece for uh, James P. Johnson, Fats Waller, and others. And here, Teddy Wilson showed off a little of his stride chops. He wasn't known as a stride piano player, just a very uh, effective and uh, technical piano player with a very good harmonic sense. We heard that, and Moon Ray, which was a tune by Artie Shaw, recorded by his band. I've uh, featured versions of that on a couple of uh, shows and podcasts in the past, and uh, a very attractive little tune, a, a, a nice um, uh, atmospheric tune, I guess. And here it featured a vocal by Gene Eldridge, who had uh, recorded with Johnny Hodge's band and a couple of other groups, but was Teddy Wilson's regular singer. Both of those recordings were done on December 11th of 1939 for Columbia. Some of these were Columbia, some of them were Brunswick. And uh, Moonray was an arrangement by Teddy Wilson. We don't know who did all of the other arrangements, although my suspicion is Buster Harding, who was a well-known African-American arranger who worked with Roy Eldridge and Count Basie and uh, Cab Calloway as well. Several of the tunes we're going to hear are co-compositions between Wilson and Harding, which kind of gives you the idea that it probably was he who was the arranger. In this band, we hear, heard Carl George and Harold Baker on trumpet. Actually, on the two tunes we heard, we also heard Doc Cheatham uh, playing lead trumpet. He was the third trumpet player. For most of the recordings of this band, there were only two trumpets. Uh, but for the last couple of sessions, Doc Cheatham was added. Floyd Brady was on trombone. He was not a well-known player, but a very, very effective player. His career was cut short by uh, an early death, unfortunately. He didn't record a lot. Pete Clark probably plays the clarinet solos that we're going to hear. He played alto and also plays baritone sax in the ensembles. Rudy Powell plays lead alto and does a couple of alto solos. We heard a little one on Moon Ray. Ben Webster and George Irish are the tenor players, and we're going to hear quite a lot of Ben Webster coming up. Uh, some very, very effective playing by him shortly before he was to join Duke Ellington's band. Of course, Teddy Wilson was on piano. Albert Casey on guitar. He had been playing with uh, Fats Waller's band. Al Hall on bass and J.C. Hurd on drums and occasionally vocal as well. And we're going to hear, um, uh, or we have heard, I should say, the Al Hall, J.C. Hurd, and uh, Teddy Wilson rhythm section on a couple of other podcasts. They stayed together well into the 40s as well. So those were our first two tunes, Liza and Moon Rain. We're going to move uh, to a slightly earlier session uh, coming up. So this was uh, done on July 26th of 1939, so uh, early in the summer of that year. And the same band I just mentioned, I should say that Carl George is probably responsible for most of the trumpet solos. Harold Baker uh, took one that we're going to talk about in just a second. So the first tune we're going to hear is Early Session Hop, and then we're going to follow it with a Teddy Wilson Buster Harding original, a very moody piece called Lady of Mystery. And both of those feature Ben Webster. In fact, most of the tunes for the rest of this program will feature excellent tenor saxophone solos by Ben Webster. After that, we're going to hear Jumpin' on the Blacks and Whites, another uh, Buster Harding tune. That's from September 12th of 1939, followed by 71. 
back to January 18th of 1940, and finishing up with the Vincent Newman's tune, Hallelujah, back to September of 1939. These are all the Teddy Wilson Orchestra studio sessions made for Brunswick and Columbia in 1939, while it was resident at the Golden Gate Ballroom. So those are our tunes for this set. Early Session Hop, Lady of Mystery, Jumpin' on the Blacks and Whites, 71, and Hallelujah.
That is Teddy Wilson and his orchestra from 1939 and the first month of 1940 as well. And uh, featured an interesting personnel. Had some wonderful Ben Webster towards the end of that. Not so much at the beginning of the set, uh, but lots of other people. We had Carl George playing the trumpet solos along with Harold Shorty Baker in the section. Doc Cheatham joined them for a couple of sessions as well. I had said Floyd Baker, or Floyd Baker, I had said Floyd Brady was on trombone. The standard discographies say that, but some uh, research done after the standard discographies suggests that it was a fellow named uh, Jake Wiley, or Jacob Wiley, and he is a completely unknown musician other than these sessions, so not sure who it was. Floyd Brady had recorded with Zach White in the early 1920s, recorded with uh, Sammy Price in the early 1940s, so he was a more known commodity, uh, but whoever it was was a very effective trombone player with a very uh, solid technique and uh, some very uh, fleet improvisations in there, especially on the first tune we heard, which was called Early Session Hop. On the saxophone, in the saxophone section, we heard Rudy Powell playing lead alto, Pete Clark uh, playing second alto and baritone. We also heard him on a clarinet solo on one or two things. Uh, George Irish played tenor along with Ben Webster, but Webster took the solos. And in the rhythm section, of course, Teddy Wilson on piano, Dan, um, uh, Al Casey on guitar, uh, Al Hall on bass, and J.C. Hurd on drums. And J.C. Hurd was a pretty... Uh, advanced drummer of the day. He had clearly listened to Joe Jones. He had a much lighter style than the average swing drummer. Uh, and he was embraced by some of the early beboppers as well. Did some very early um, bebop and transitional sessions between swing and bop. So as I said, we started out with the early session hop, which was a Teddy Wilson and Buster Harding tune, and went to another uh, tune by the same composers, Lady of Mystery, kind of a, uh, a dark tune there. We heard some Rudy Powell alto, I believe, there. Then we heard Jumpin' on the Blacks and Whites, a piano feature for Teddy Wilson. Uh, all of these, I think, were arranged by Buster Harding, or possibly uh, together, Harding and Wilson. But Buster Harding was a very effective arranger for many uh, of the African-American bands in the 1930s and into the 40s, and then he went into doing some rhythm and blues and other types of arrangements as well. Then we heard a tune simply called 71, and uh, it's listed as unknown as far as the composer goes and arranger, but it's been suggested that it was Ben Webster who composed and arranged it. He had a very prominent role in the ensemble. Uh, the saxophone section in this case was led by him on tenor sax, which was a little unusual at the time, but that might suggest that it was he who arranged it. He certainly is featured extensively on it as well. And then we finished up with uh, a version of Hallelujah, the Vincent Newman's tune, which uh, uh, was quite popular in the 19th. 30s here, taking a little bit faster, and uh, featuring, again, Ben Webster, and especially Teddy Wilson, who is really the, the dominant soloist, as well he should have been in his own band, and showing off some of that uh, very uh, subtle and, and sophisticated technique for which he was known. He was born in 1912 in Texas. He uh, uh, went to Tuskegee in uh, Institute and did music there. He studied piano and also violin and clarinet and played in some territory bands. He ended up playing with Louis Armstrong in the early 1930s. Those were his first recordings. Uh, when he went to New York, he was hired immediately by Benny Carter, who was putting together a band. Benny Carter always had excellent taste in piano players, and Teddy Wilson was one of his favorites. And from there, he went to, as I said, Benny Goodman. He played in the big bands of... Uh, uh, Willie Bryant and uh, some other ones as well. And then finally put this band together uh, in the spring of 1939. And it lasted just under a year, actually. So it wasn't uh, commercially successful, as we said, but musically had some very, very good moments. So we're going to move on now and play uh, 
four more tunes in this next set, and this will feature Ben Webster more extensively. Now, Ben Webster uh, stayed with the Wilson Band until it broke up, I guess, in January of 1939, and he immediately went to Duke Ellington's band, and that became known as the Blanton Webster Band. It recorded initially for Columbia, but then uh, made a great series of recordings in 1940 and 41 for RCA Victors, usually considered one of the great periods of Ellington's career, and uh, Ben Webster was a big part of that. And usually he is uh, thought of as not really really reaching his potential as a soloist until he joined Ellington. Uh, he had some very effective uh, solos with Cab Calloway and Teddy Wilson, also with Willie Bryant and uh, others, um, studio sessions and so forth in the 30s. But uh, the playing that he did with Ellington was really extraordinary, and some people have credited not only Ellington but Johnny Hodges as being big influences on his style at that point. But I think you can hear in these Teddy Wilson recordings, especially the ones we're going to hear in this next set, that he was already there uh, by the time he joined Ellington, even some of that Johnny Hodges influence. He uh, had briefly played with Ellington, subbed on a couple of dates uh, earlier in the 30s, uh, but he didn't play with him regularly. He did record with Johnny Hodges a couple of times and clearly uh, was very fond of that style of ballad playing, and he translated that to tenor. And we're going to hear that on one tune uh, in particular. So for this set, we're going to hear a kind of a novelty tune called Bully Yaya, which features a band vocal. This was meant to have hit the jukeboxes, I guess, and uh, been a popular hit. It didn't work, but uh, some good solos in here. Then we're going to follow it up with a really wonderful ballad performance by Ben Webster on George Gershwin's The Man I Love. And this is not usually mentioned as one of Webster's great performances, but I think it could take its place with uh, uh, some of the Ellington ballads, All Too Soon and the, the Fargo version of Stardust and so forth. Uh, definitely a beautiful performance here and uh, certainly could be held up to his work in the 50s where he was really considered a great ballad player. After that, we're going to hear Exactly Like You, the standard tune, which will give several soloists time to, time to shine. All three of those tunes are from June 28th of 1939. And then we're going to hear a tune uh, from a live broadcast. This was uh, done in... Uh, 1939 at the Golden Gate Ballroom, and as I mentioned, that was kind of their home at the time, uh, the Teddy Wilson Band, and it was done on December 29th of 1939. This was one of the Bill Savory recordings. I played several of these uh, over the last year or two. Uh, it came out on Mosaic Records. Bill Savory was a recording engineer who uh, recorded for a hobby, a lot of uh, radio broadcasts from the 30s and early 40s and captured some really exquisite moments of, of great jazz playing by great jazz players. And uh, it's good that we have this recording. There are actually three of them. We're going to hear the other two after the break. And uh, all three recordings by Teddy Wilson and his orchestra from the Golden Gate Ballroom with the same band that I had mentioned, uh, mentioned going along. So the tune we're going to finish up this set with is called Coconut Grove, named for the ballroom. This is another Teddy Wilson and Buster Harding tune. We'll feature some excellent playing by uh, Ben Webster, also Pete Clark, and some others as well. So those are our tunes for this set. Bully Aha, The Man I Love, Exactly Like You, and Coconut Grove, all done by Teddy Wilson and his orchestra.
So we started out with Teddy Wilson and his orchestra from three tunes from June 28th of 1939. We started out with Booliaya featuring uh, J.C. Hurd on drums, some sort of jungle drum playing in there along with soloists uh, all through the band. The Man I Love, which featured Teddy Wilson on piano and Ben Webster doing some beautiful tenor sax work there. And then Exactly Like You, kind of a medium-tempo dance tune with some good Ben Webster and Carl George on trumpet, along with uh, whoever the trombone player was, if we think it was Floyd Brady or more likely uh, Jacob uh, Wiley on that. That's probably the case. Then we finished up with that live version of Coconut Grove from the Golden Gate Ballroom in New York City. There featured Ben Webster on tenor. Of course, Teddy Wilson, a little clarinet by uh, Pete Clark, and some trombone by Wiley, presumably, and Carl George again on trumpet. So we hope you enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. This has been The Jazz Focus here on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. And uh, we have two more tunes for you, both from that live date featuring the Teddy Wilson Orchestra. Uh, we're going to start with a ballad performance of Sweet Lorraine, a tune by Cliff Burwell from 19... 28 or so, that became Jimmy Noon's theme song. It was recorded by many jazz players over the years. Uh, Wilson had recorded it with um, uh, Benny Goodman's uh, quartet, or trio, actually, I think, and also uh, it, with his own band as well. And uh, now with the big band, we get a, an arrangement that may have been uh, uh, arranged by Teddy Wilson himself, and it will feature the trumpet of Harold Shorty Baker here at the very beginning of his career. Of course, he ended up with Duke Ellington in the mid-40s. He had married Mary Lou Williams by then. They had played together quite a bit, and uh, he stayed with Ellington for a good decade or so, really brought that big-toned uh, St. Louis-style trumpet to uh, the Ellington band. Clark Terry replaced him doing much the same thing a little bit later on. So that's Sweet Lorraine. And then we're going to finish up with a tune that was not recorded commercially for Brunswick or Columbia. This is the only version of this tune, and it's called The Jitterbug's Jump. And I'm not exactly sure who wrote this. I guess I would have to say uh, Teddy Wilson and Buster Harding again. Jitterbug Jump, in fact. And these tunes are uh, from that same date, December 29th of 1939 from the Golden Gate Ballroom. This is Teddy Wilson and his orchestra featuring Carl George, Harold Shorty Baker, and Doc Cheatham on trumpet, either Floyd Brady or Jacob Wiley on trombone, Pete Clark on clarinet, alto, and baritone sax. We'll hear some nice baritone in the ensemble on uh, Sweet Lorraine. Rudy Powell playing lead alto, George Irish and Ben Webster on tenor, uh, Teddy Wilson on piano with Al Casey on guitar, Al Hall on bass, and J.C. Hurd on drums. This is the Teddy Wilson Orchestra. Hope you've enjoyed the program, and see you next week.
Thank you.